lot. We are so in tune to our feelings. And when we are feeling down or when we are feeling done or when we are feeling used up or used by people or yada, 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 all that goes with it, yes, the feelings are real, but they're not true. What is true is the word of God. And the word of God will take me back to a place that will affect my feelings. And there is nothing more powerful in our lives than immersing ourselves in the truth of the word of God. And I am so excited. If you have any more prayer requests, get them to Cindy, who will get them to me, and I will get them to Maya. Maya, Maya. <laughs> yep. Maya did you put these addresses up here for me? Thank you. Um, there's some addresses up. And by the way, there is a card going around for Deb. Please get that signed. And our dear... Vivian is here, and Don and Deb Perkins, so um, just a, a good source for being a blessing to somebody else. Who? Deb? Deb? Yeah. Yes. Yes, they, they were getting what they are going to do with her, and so we've not been updated. Yes, I believe she is. Last Thursday, they went to Henry Ford, and I don't believe they stayed there, so, yep. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. You tell her I missed her too. By the way, Paulette joined the church, and so um, she will be a blessing, I know. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the sunshine streaming in class right now. God, you are light, and we desperately need it. Lord, I thank you for the beautiful memorial service for Elaine yesterday. Lord, we miss her. And Lord, I thank you for. Karen, and I thank you for Denise, and I thank you for Michelle. God, how I pray that you'd minister into their hearts this morning a grace and a peace and a joy that only you can give. And then, Lord, as we open up your word, I can't wait, Father, to be affected by your word. And I pray this for each heart here. In thy precious name, amen. All right, it's January. It's still January. January 2022. It's January, which means it's still dark. It's still cold. But we are in Sunday school, and so we hold the light. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And as I studied Psalm 119 along with Joseph's life this past week, Psalm 119 says, the entrance of thy words bringeth light. So how many are ready for a little light? Open it up. Open it up, and we're going to get some light right here. Um, January is not just synonymous with cold, dark, and barren, as we've talked about the first two weeks of January. It's also synonymous with very positive adverbs. It's... Um, it's a new page. It's, it's a fresh start. January is the beginning, and we all love beginnings, of a new year, 2022. It is, um, you know, the connotation to January is New Year's what? <coughs> Somebody said it. Resolutions. Yeah, I know. You all didn't make any, did you? New Year's, re well, we're not going to talk about in this January time resolutions. We're not going to. As good as they may be, we are not going to talk about that horrid four-letter word that begins with D, diet. We are not, it's, it's good to be healthy and it's good to be thoughtful, concerning, but we're not going to talk about that this morning. We're going to talk about something 
better. We're not going to talk about the headliner New Year's <coughs> resolutions about getting organized, about um, decluttering, about setting goals. Those are all good, <coughs> but they're not the best. So we are not going to talk about the common cold, the common cold. Or the dry yeah. Not yeah. <laughs> We're not going to talk about the freezing cold. We're not going to talk about the ongoing COVID. I can't wait. What we're going to talk about this morning. Here we go. First of all, I want to tell you, I'm done dealing with darkness. I'm done with it. Amen. I'm done dealing with the darkness and the hardness and the barrenness of January in Saginaw, Michigan. And we are going to go to a place this morning that's going to bring a little heaven right into our hearts. How many need a little heaven in their hearts today? I do. I do. So here it goes. It begins with... Oh, it begins with a mystery. It begins with this cookie. Now, you all can see that it's a cookie, but right now it just looks like a piece of, you know, baked blob. And you say, well, Kathy, I know it's a cookie because we're in Sunday school, and I know you like to bake cookies for us. I love to bake the truth. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I love spreading the truth that we study in Sunday school on the front of a cookie. But with this, all you see that it's a blob. You don't know if it goes this way. You don't know if it goes that way. You don't even know what it is. Do you know why you don't know what it is? There are no lines or borders. Without lines or borders, there is no identification. Now, this is going to be the theme that we're going to hit on through this class time. So I want you to think of it. Without lines, without borders, there's no identity. You don't know what it is. You don't know, you don't know what it represents. So as I took the cookie blob, I gave it some lines and borders. And as I worked on it with more and more lines, it became more and more what I wanted it to be. Matter of fact, this cookie isn't a blob. <coughs> with borders, this is what it is. It's a winter gnome. It's a winter gnome. That's what it is, and it has a message. The message of the winter gnome is this. See my heart. See my heart. And it's exactly what God wants to do in you and me with his borders, with his lines. It's for the purpose of, first of all, identifying who I am. Without lines and borders in my life, you don't know who I am. I don't know who I am. Matter of fact, the heart of God is hidden. But you see this heart because of the borders. Now, you all have your little cookie elf right up here after class. Get your, matter of fact, I'll put them right back here. But I have one more illustration that I want to show you. And by the way, um, some of you came in a little bit later. If you did not get Elaine's beautiful memorial magazine. I want you to take that home. What a blessing it will be for you to read that as you remember and thank the Lord for the testimony of Elaine. Okay, so I have one more visual aid. I love visual aids. I am such a visual person. Okay, so right here we have, now first of all, what brings identity? Lines and borders bring identity. Um, Right now, this visual is simply jello. 
we all know we all know about Jello. I mean, Jello is basically boiling water and Jello. You know, and and you mix it up in a bowl, and it's real what runny. It's pure, it's water. It's sugar water. Well, this is done with Greek yogurt, so it's a little bit healthier for us. But basically, it's just it's just water. Now now when we if we were to pour it out, it would just go every place. It would be a mess. But when you pour jello into a mold, here's a mold. Now, a mold is simply a structure with borders. Okay, that's what a mold is. When I pour the jello into a mold, it becomes so much more than jello, it becomes a thing of beauty. Hopefully. <laughs> Let me show you what jello becomes. This is what jello becomes. Okay, jello becomes an object of beauty because it was poured into particular borders. Now, here's, here's the parallel that I want you to get. First of all, I want to ask you don't you want to be more than just jello? I want to be more than just Kathy. The desire of my heart is, God, make me more than just Kathy. And he says, daughter, as you pour yourself into my borders, as you pour yourself into the goodly lines that I've set up for you, you become more than just jello. You become just like Jesus, because it's the structure of God from his word. But there's a caveat here. First of all, I must know God's borders and God's lines. So with, with that in mind, I want you to think about the word um, conforming. Conforming. This year, the best goal, the best resolution you and I can make for 2022 is, dear Lord, Conform me to the image of Christ. And he says, that's what I wanted all along. Now, if you're with me and thinking on this word conforming, you're already going to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Turn to your Bibles there. Paul is saying, Kathy, I've got some borders and lines to teach you that God wants you to know. Paul is writing, and be not conformed to the world. Don't be poured into their borders, their lines. They are diametrically different than God's borders. Matter of fact, we're living in an America now with no borders. And I'm not being political here. I'm being totally honest in every aspect of it. Without borders, we're vulnerable. Without borders, the enemy has free access into our lives. And we know that Satan goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. God's borders, Becky, they, that's what protects us, protects us. So Paul says, Kathy, be not conformed to the world, but be ye what? Transformed. How? By the renewing of my mind. God doesn't want us to lose our mind. He wants to renew our mind. And so he says, this is how you do this. Being conformed is going from jello to being transformed to being just like Jesus. So, God's borders. 
how can I put God's borders into my life? It begins with the mind. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Who you is, who I is, is established by what's in my mind. Turn to Ephesians 4.23. First of all, God says, Kathy, your mind is vital. Let me transform it. I will <laughs> renew it. Ephesians 4.23. Leslie, do you have that? And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Wow. Can't be much plainer than that. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. How many of you could use that today? I can. My mind without borders naturally spills off and makes a mess. Just like if I were to pour the jello, just pour it out, where would it go? All over the place. My mind will go all over the Don, it's so good to see you. My mind will go all over the place if I don't set borders around my thinking. One of the verses I pray every morning, because I know I have this wandering mind, this willful mind, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto thee, O Lord. You're my strength. You're my redeemer. And again, redeemer. Oh, it begins with the same two letters as renew. God's word says, Kathy, I want to renew your mind by by changing your thinking, I'm going to give you a pattern, a border to think on so that I can do the transforming work of my mind. Have you ever had something stuck in your mind and you can't get it off your mind? It could be a worry. It could be a burden. Have you ever had a person stuck in your mind? They did something to you. It could have been a decade ago. It's still stuck there. God says, I want to set you free. But you've got to conform. You've got to pour yourself into the borders of what I tell you, and you can be free from the burden in your head. That person, that, that guilt. I tell you what, there's nothing heavier than guilt. And Jesus said, I died on the cross so you wouldn't have to carry that, Kathy. Why are you still carrying that? You're not thinking correctly. So we're going to get into that beautiful border of God teaching us how to think so that we can live renewed, um, established. My mind needs to be established. I love the word established. Don't I see? I'm a. I love the feeling that I get with certain words. And established is one of those hard, secure, established sounds like what it is. It's an onomatopoeia appeal word. It sounds like what it is. It's established. I need to be established. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 40. Chapter 2, and you are going to get the grip of this word established. First of all, Psalm 42 says, He, God, brought me up. Who's talking? David, King David, who should have everything and, and his will should be everywhere. It's not. It's not. Girls, I don't care what we have if we have, if we finally get everything, which, you know, is ludicrous to think, but we think if I can just get this. I'll be fine. 
If I can just have that, I'll be fine. If I can just get over this, I'll be fine. No, no, we are not fine until we embrace God's borders and say, God, I know that you're more than enough. Transform me into the image that you have for me today. This is what King David said. <laughs> king David, can't you say, if I can just be king, I'll have enough. Well, he was king, and guess what? Here's David, and this is what he says. He, God, brought me up out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and here's that word, established my goings. Do you not know what to do? Do you not know where to go? Do you not know where to turn? God's word is a lamp and a light, and it's going to direct you. In the waiting time, in the working time, in the worship time, in the wonderful times and in the very wrong times, God's word will establish us and then direct us. But look at David here. He brought me up out of a horrible pit. <laughs> our, our mind, my mind just doesn't fall into a pit. It falls into a horrible pit, Elise. It falls into a horrible pit. We get stuck there. Out of the miry clay. Look how he describes it. The miry clay. We're dirt lovers. We work in the dirt. We work in the dirt. This miry clay, you got to get the clay out if you want anything to grow. The miry clay isn't just clay, but it's cloying, muck-sucking, adhering, enveloping clay. And, yeah, sucks your, your shoes off, your boots off. Um, guilt is like that. Guilt will keep you and me stuck. Guilt is horrible. And God says, child, I gave everything so you would not have to live with guilt. Give it to me. Give it to me. I will remove it. No matter what it's connected to, no matter who it's connected to, let me wash you free from guilt. Don't live with guilt today. God set my feet. Now, this is a part that's so interesting about this verse. He says, God set my feet, the part that had sunk the deepest. Don't you love that? He sunk into a miry pit of clay. Now his feet, he says, the deepest part that had stuck, stuck into the vortex and the tenacious grip of sin, whatever it is. So when God states that he set my feet on a solid rock, girls, we are totally delivered from head to feet from head to toe. He has set my feet upon the rock. He then establishes my goings. So he brought me all the way up out of the miry clay. Back to um, the direction there, the goings. He has established my goings. In the original, goings is a reference to, ready, direction. I love that. Because not only does he, Kathy, take us up out of that miry pit, but then he established, he gives me my purpose and my direction and my way to go in the next five minutes. Now, five years from now, I mean five minutes from now. He establishes that. How does he do it? He does it through his word that is that enlightening, powerful, miraculous renewal work in my mind. You've got to get God's work in my mind and then by faith say, Lord, this is what I will choose. 
It's a work of me putting scripture, his word in my head, and it's a work of the Holy Spirit convicting me and encouraging me and saying, now, Kathy, just do it. For instance, because this is all beautiful and freeing and, and gives me the hope of liberty in my life today, regardless of people or circumstances. But girls, until we spend it, it's not worth anything. It's like I could, I could give Karen a $100 bill and say, God bless you. And she could be really excited about that <laughs> and say thank you. But girls, it doesn't do her a hill of beans of good until she what? Spends it. It's nothing. It's a piece of paper. Our faith so often is just a piece of paper. God's word is just a piece of paper. It is the obedience to his life-changing word that makes all the difference. Then, that is when the Holy Spirit, for instance, God's word. There's a person stuck in your head who just is plaguing you. Boy, I tell you what, we give them more power than we give to the Holy Spirit. And this is what God's word instructs me to do. Kathy, be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving. God, I can't stand it that I'm thinking about this again. I've told you what to do about it. It's not for lack of understanding. It's written down. You just are refusing to forgive. Well, I did forgive them. Twelve years ago, I forgave that person. Well, then why are they still in your head? Every time it comes back into your head, don't you want to be renewed, refreshed? Yes. Okay, forgive them again. Forgive them again. Don't wait until you feel like it. You know what? If you wait till you feel like it, what's going to happen? It's never going to happen. Do you want that renewal work? Yes, I want that renewal work. You know who taught me how to forgive? Not Clint. Clint's taught me a lot. My husband. My husband taught me how to forgive. Early on in the ministry, we were maybe two years in the Do you know I never knew that people talked about other people? I didn't. I grew up in a very... Um, I grew up very naive, for one thing, and my parents never talked about other people. We never heard our parents talking about other people. We never did. I was shocked when I realized people talked about people, especially ministry people. It was roast preacher, and it was roast, <laughs> youth, roast youth pastor, and it was, it was yada, yada. Honestly? Well, as a very opinionated 23-year-old uh, in ministry, shot down to her toes that people would actually say mean things. Boy, I tell you what, there's such value, my dear sisters, in, in implementing borders and um, lines in your home. Do you know, my sister and I, there were four of us, do you know, we were a very verbal, loud, competitive family. Cindy knows our, yeah, Cindy knows my dad. We, were, we played games all that we were loud. I'm still loud. Sometimes I say, Kathy, be quiet, you know. But do you know, my mom, my sweet mom, my quiet mom, ruled home with an iron fist. If voices were ever raised in anger, and they were, immediately there was a border put on. You're writing 50 times. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation. Kathy, go write it right now. And we had to write on dark green paper. Dark green paper that was on a great big roll. 
four kids, there was a lot of Bible writing there. <laughs> rip off that sheet. Rip off that sheet. Get my, I blame her all my whole life for my horrible penmanship. I had to write so many <laughs> verses growing up, and it was like, you know, let the words, it would be 50 times, let, 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 the, 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 because you get through it faster, you know, if you do it that way. Oh, we used nothing. Yeah, we used nothing. We had nothing, you know, and it was just checked. It was checked. Borders, borders. So anyways, when I found out that people actually are really mean to each other in adult life, in, in something that should be so good, I brought it to Doug. I said, do you know what they said? Do you know what they said? He said, yeah. I said, well, that's not right. That's not right. He says, yeah, that's not right. I said, well, aren't you upset? It's about you. <laughs> he said, no. How can you not be upset? I'm upset. I want to go set them straight because I'm upset. He says, no, we're not going to do that. Well, what are we going to do? We're going to forgive. Forgive? But they didn't say they're sorry. But they didn't, and, and, and you don't understand. I need to talk to you about this. No, Kathy, we don't need to talk about it. You just need to forgive them. Is that so male or what? You know? But I wanted, I wanted to understand. I wanted to come to a reasonable understanding. I wanted to justify my anger. Do you know, God cannot work his righteousness in the wrath of man, ever. Nothing right of God is going to happen in me when I'm mad at somebody. My wrath, my anger, I don't care if it's a low burn. I don't care if it's just an offendedness. It does not matter. It immediately squelches off the Holy Spirit power in my life. So when I first thing in the morning pray, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew, renew. There's that prefix again, re. You all know what re means. Something, something, it's a do-over. It's where we get our word recycle. I won't spend a lot of time on it because I want to, I better just get to something else right now. There's two parts we need to finish off in class today. So anyways, you just forgive. You just do it. And I began to learn the beautiful victory and freedom of obeying God's word, not when it didn't fit into my understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Kathy, you're never going to understand this. People are people, and but by the grace of God, there go I. And I'm giving you instruction, borders, lines, to live by that. That's going to keep your joy full, and it's going to keep your heart filled with peace, and it's going to keep you proactive and loving God with the ability then to love people, the most unloving people. But only if you obey it. You've got to obey it. So... God's borders. Um, set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. The original in that goings is in reference to direction. I was going to hell, but God rescued me. He changed my direction, and now I'm going to heaven upon receiving Christ as my Savior. Praise the Lord. Four people raised their hand at Elaine's memorial that they prayed and asked Jesus to come into their heart. Praise the Lord for that. And you know the devil always wants to snatch away any good seed. So continue to pray for the Freeze family. Now, direction. God's direction takes us from the broad way because he not only saves me 
from hell unto heaven, but he saves me every day that I live from destroying my life, from becoming a waste. If I were just to pour that jello out with no mold, no borders, it would just, you'd say, Kathy, it's going all over the place. It's a mess. It's a waste. Exactly. When we don't live with God's borders and direction and lines in our life, we waste our lives. We waste it. Waste is in reference to the prodigal son. When you read about the prodigal son who refused to go his father's narrow way, that's what he said. It's too narrow for me. He went the broad way. And scripture says he went out and he, in riotous living, and he wasted himself. It's a waste because he didn't want borders. He didn't want lines. And that's what we naturally do. My heart will wander. My heart will waste. My heart will be a horrible pit apart from God's word affecting my heart. So let me read to you this powerful story, and then you've got homework to do that I want to get to. Getting God's word, God's powerful word, God's powerful borders as I choose it. First of all, it's a prayer. Lord, I need your borders. Every morning you pray, Lord, I need your borders in my mind today. There are going to be some people. There are going to be some circumstances. There's going to be some sadness Oh, God, I, my prayer list is as long as my leg. Give me the borders on that. And then, Lord, let my faith be enacted. I can't wait to see what you're going to do in Deb Rios' life. I can't wait to see what you're going to do in Deb Perkins and Don Perkins' life. It's so hard to be the one standing next. I can't wait to see what you're going to do in Jan and Ken's life. Borders. Howard Rutledge, a Vietnam POW, was shot down over North Vietnam November 28, 1965. Howard described how, in an initial set of tortures, his legs were forced into rough shackles, his arms hog-tied in excruciating positions. He was deprived of clothing, food, sleep, and forced to lie in a cold slab, mucky cell. The walls, floors, and ceilings were caked with filth, and a large rat shared his space. Until his incarceration, Howard had felt little concern for spiritual things, but now he was desperately trying to recall snatches of Bible verses, hymns, sermons that he had heard in his childhood. Fortunately, as a youngster, he had attended a Baptist church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, with a Sunday school, with a Sunday school, with a, oh, it just says it once, with a Sunday school <laughs> class that stressed the importance of scripture memory. There in the POW camp, he racked his brain for every single verse he could recall. During the rare moments when he could communicate with other POWs, he found them seeking to do the same. Everyone knew the Lord's Prayer and the 23rd Psalm, he said, but the camp favorite verse was the one recalled first and quoted most often, found in the book of John, the third chapter, and you know what I'm going to say. For God so loved the world. Show me, show them your heart, Kathy. Show them my love with the lines and the borders you put in your life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
Howard wrote, how I struggled to recall those scriptures and hymns. I spent my first 18 years in that Baptist Sunday school, and I was amazed at how much I could recall. Regrettably, I had not seen the importance of memorizing verses from the Bible. Now when I needed them, it was too late. I never dreamed that I would spend almost seven years, five of them in solitary confinement, in a prison in North Vietnam, or that thinking about one memorized verse could have made a whole day bearable. One portion of a verse I did remember, thy word have I hid in my heart. How often I wished I had really worked to hide God's word in my heart. I put my mind to work. And you can read more of his, his uh, testimony, but I'm just going to go to this part. Those Bible verses literally kept Howard Rutledge from losing his mind. The memorized snippets of scripture in his brain were potent. They faced down death, rallied his spirits, steeled his nerves, tapped into the deepest strength known in the universe. They beat back torture, stilled the despair, subdued the terrors, maintained his sanity even when he was immobilized for days in a stifling hut, chained to a metal frame, living in his own waste, covered with ants, flies, and biting insects. Those verses long ago learned by heart proved more restorative than any tonic. They dispensed strength and were sufficient to the pain. They bolstered his mind and his mood with the strongest thoughts of an omniscient God who in the midst of humans' most sadistic ravings, they were the verses that brought him home alive. Now, most of us will not have to survive a POW camp. Thankfully. But you know, we've all had our times of checking into Heartbreak Hotel. Yeah. Days of despair, despondency. We need strong minds. We need what only the Word of God can do in our mind. We need brains that think clearly. We need emotions that remain calm and steady. Bible verses committed to memory, applied by God's Spirit, are the most powerful medications. There's an inoculation we all need. There's a booster we all need every day. Let me ask you, you know what? Little Willow came in here, and she couldn't wait to tell me the verse that she had memorized. I loved it. This wise mama, this wise mama is getting God's word into that little brain. She'll never forget it. She will never forget it. She twinkled as she told me about the twinkling eye in the verse that she memorized, getting God's word into our minds. Another author said, God's word is a lamp, a light, a vault of gold, a vault of gold, a hive of honey, a two-edged sword. It's available day and night for practical, pers uh, practical purposes. It's an elixir. It's a balm. It's an immunization. It's a booster. It's a pick-me-up for dreary days and a stimulant for energy. Girls, it is January. We need to make the daily goal of getting God's word in our heart. Now, here's your homework. I want you this week to get a new portion of God's word into your heart, but I want you to not just memorize it. That's the easy part. I want you to pray over it, and I want you to say, Dear God, and by the way, the verse you choose it can be in the preaching this morning. It can be in the special song that you hear. I love how we end our services with a song. That song goes through my head all afternoon as I keep recalling it. 
and the truth of it. But what I want you to do is I want you to get a verse that applies to your situation. We're all in different situations. We're all in different levels of darkness and hurt and pain. And so as you open up the word of God and you say, God, show me what I need for today. Show me what I need. God will give you a verse. That is your verse to memorize for this week. And then say, Lord, show me how I can put it into practical use. Show me how I can live obedient to this barrier, to this line that you have drawn from my heart. For instance, very quickly, um, turn to 1 Thessalonians 5.15. 1 Thessalonians 5.15. This is how God's word, this is what makes the difference. It's not reading words. It is taking this powerful word from God and applying it, making it the border of my life. When you say, first, I'm just picking this at random, first, Thessalonians 5.15 says, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. 16. Rejoice evermore. 17. Pray without ceasing. 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. People come to me, what is God's will? Right now, give thanks. This is the will of God concerning me every single day, learning to give thanks. And you know what it does? It protects me from the despondency that my brain will naturally go to. When I learn to give thanks, and it must be learned, it's not going to come naturally. There are too many things which we live in that make us feel unthankful. And God says, no, I've got the perfect antidote. Give thanks. Learn to give thanks. We talked a little bit about that last time we met. But look at these borders now. Just right here. First of all, in verse 15, see that none render evil for evil. I love the verse that says, say not, I will do so to him as he hath done to me. I can't give you the reference, but I learned that in ministry. <laughs> and I said, God, make that real in my life. Pray for your enemies. Do good to them that persecute you. Love them. These are God's borders to set me free, to keep me showing the heart of Jesus, which is the purpose for our lives. Now, now, then follow that which is good. So if God lays this heart on your verse in, in your devotions, follow that which is good. This frankly means I'm following after that which is good. It projects me into, Lord, how can I do that? Be good to somebody else. Be good for somebody else. Matter of fact, that rings out my vows. And she will do him say it. Good. All the days of her life. If you have a husband at home, this afternoon, do him good. Do him good. You say he doesn't deserve it. Do him good. Do him good. You say, you say it won't help. Do him good. You can't believe God's transforming work when we put it into practice and we step away from our own reasoning and our own justification and our own excuses, and we say, God, your word is alive. Transform me with it. I desperately need to be renewed. Now, next week, I'm going to ask you about your homework. I want you to come back next week. I'll miss you. I want you to come back next week with the verse that God laid on your heart that renewed your mind. Don't you dare be gone that renewed your mind and made a difference. And, I, and I'm going to hear about it, and the class is going to hear about it. So you get ready to do that. Father, thank you for your word. God, make us serious about...
putting it in our heads and our hearts. If there was ever a January resolution that we need to fight the dark, to fight the cold, to fight the hurt, to fight the pain, it is the resolution of, God, I will put your word in my head so you can renew me. And then, God, thank you for your spirit of God that will take that verse as I obey it and do the transforming work that only you can do. I pray this for each of these dear sisters in Christ. By your grace and for your glory, may your heart be seen in each of us. In thy precious name, amen.